Turn to somebody next to you this morning and tell them spirit fed, spirit led. So as we prepare for Pentecost coming up in a few weeks, it's Pentecost Sunday. For those of you that don't know, 50 days after resurrection Sunday was Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the earth. And the people say, what's the significance of that? We'll get into that in a few weeks time. So I want to prepare and lay the atmosphere for the next few weeks as we move towards Pentecost Sunday because it's important to understand that a Christian that doesn't understand the power or the need for the Holy Spirit is a powerless Christian. Can you say amen? So as we pray a little bit this morning, sometimes we think, Pastor, what is that? And I'm going to show you that this morning because it's important for you to understand that the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is not for us to act religious or act flaky or act spiritual or look better than somebody else. No, it's there to give us power. You shall receive power. Can you say amen? So a powerless church and a powerless Christian will end up replacing purpose for programs. The Holy Spirit was sent for a purpose in order to advance Jesus' kingdom on the earth. uh, He was not sent for us to have another program. And sadly, when there's no power in a church, the church has to go to programs to keep Christians coming back. And I don't say we shouldn't have activities. Yesterday, we had activities out in the the, uh, community as well with purpose. Because the difference is we've got to go and make a difference. But you've got to be spirit-led and spirit-fed. Can you say amen? So we don't need more programs. We need more power. Tell your neighbor on your left-hand side. We don't need more programs. We need more power. Let's speak to Eskim as well. Declare that into the atmosphere. Amen. Not that power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The Bible says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I want you to know that when the Holy Spirit was poured out onto the earth, the Bible says what? You shall be a witness. That means you shall, be, you shall have a boldness to tell somebody about Jesus and not be afraid to speak about the name of Jesus. It's important you understand that because many people, they sort of say, well, the man upstairs, you know, uh, whenever you see people on television, I don't criticize, but I observe, you'll notice the person's spiritual uh, capacity or a person, when he's, if he's filled with the Spirit of God or not, depending how sometimes they, they are uh, able to say the name of Jesus in public places. You know, when you go to the, to the doctor's surgery and you've got to wait in that waiting room or the dentist and there's like that silence and everyone's flipping through magazines and no one says, no one knows what to say or you get into a lift, those silent moments. Well, sometimes it's like that in church. When you say the name of Jesus, people are afraid, they're ashamed. And the Bible said it's an indication they haven't received the power of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit gives you power, what? To confess and to declare that Jesus is Lord. Amen. That is why you can lift your hands above your shoulders. That is why you are able to say that Jesus is Lord because of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says you shall be a witness to me. That means you shall declare and preach the gospel of Jesus to a dying world. So God's desire for His church and His children is to be fed by the, by the Spirit of God. That means Spirit fed. So we can be led by the Holy Spirit, Spirit led. But I, shall, I know the plans I think towards you, says the Lord. So God has plans for your life, but He reveals them to us by His Spirit. So we need to be led by the Spirit of God. That's why it's a very natural thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes uh, the Christian church, and again I don't criticize because I'm part of the church, but we can make the Holy Spirit the sort of spooky uh, Casper the friendly ghost out there somewhere, or we can make the Holy Spirit this difficult thing to understand, or this complex thing to understand. And the Holy Spirit is very simple. He's a friend. He walks with you uh, every single day. He leads you and guides you. He prompts you. He tells you what to do. But you've got to be fed by the Spirit of God in order to be led by the Spirit of God. Can you say amen? So the Bible says in Acts 2.33, Peter preaching his very first sermon, the Bible says, Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, 
And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He poured out this which you now see and hear. So Peter is preaching context of the scripture verse. Peter is preaching his very first sermon that he's, that he's preaching after Jesus has ascended. And the Holy Spirit has just been poured out. And what happens is there's a, a commotion when they start to uh, uh, speak in other tongues. The Bible says they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's uh, the tongues of fire is on their heads. And they, the people around the community, they're not used to this. They don't know what this is all about. Like many Christians or many non-believers, when they walk into a church like this or into a spiritual church, and you don't understand the spiritual realm or you don't understand the things of God or you don't understand the Holy Spirit's purpose you see and you hear things that doesn't make sense to your mind and Peter is sitting uh, in, his, in his city and, and the people start to criticize and they say what is this commotion what are, what are these what's happening over here and one of the people get up and says I think these people are drunk because they sound they look like they're drunk now, uh, Peter gets up and instead of uh, fighting the people, he starts to they're objecting to the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes that's what you'll find as a born-again Christian. People will object to the things of God. They'll, they'll question the validity of the Holy Spirit or they'll, they'll question Jesus. They'll question the Bible. And the Bible says if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you can't be a witness of the things of God. So Peter gets up and he says, how can these people be drunk if it's only the third hour of the day, nine o'clock in the morning? How can they be drunk? How can you say they're drunk? Because to the world, it looked as if they were crazy. To the world, it looked as if they were drunk. And I want to say that you don't have to act, I mean, look as if you're drunk as in drinking alcohol. But the Bible says that the world will see and hear things that are different from what they understand. And you need to, under, you need, you need to not be ashamed of that when it happens in your life. Amen. Can you say amen this morning? So he's defending, or he's not defending, he's, uh, he's uh, explaining to them what is happening around him because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so Peter stands up and therefore our scripture verse, he says, therefore being exalted, he's talking about Jesus. He starts to explain Jesus to them. He starts to preach Jesus to them. That's what the Holy Spirit will enable you to do. The Holy Spirit will enable you to preach Jesus to your world, not condemn your world, not judge your world, not be a judgmental a religious Christian who finds fault in everybody. But the Bible says you'll have the power, what? To be a witness of who Jesus is and what Jesus can do for people. Can you say amen? So he says, having received the, 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 the Father, from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. If you are not a Spirit-filled Christian, you might be a believer, but you might not have received the promise of the Father, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand these things. I mean, when I was uh, in the world, we used to drink spirits. That's why the world, every, every um, thing that happens in God's kingdom, there is a parallel truth or a parallel deception in the world so when you look at the world they make alcohol spirits and when you drink those spirits it makes you speak in other tongues so they so there's a lot of similarities because when you look at that the first thing they associated tongues when when the church, early church started speaking in tongues the first thing the world started to associate with it was alcohol they said looks like these guys are drunk so sometimes we start to, to we tone down our Christian faith. We start to tone down the power of the Holy Spirit because people object to what they see and hear. And Peter says, no. He says, listen, he says, let me, let me tell you what's happening here. He says that they've received the promise of the Father. And he says, what? He says, and he, we poured out this which you now see and hear. So there's two ways, Peter says, in which the Holy Spirit will manifest in a believer's life. People should see it and people should hear it. He says, he poured this out, which you now see and hear. If your Christian witness, if you're a submarine Christian, 
when you go to church on Sundays, you, you come out of the water on Sundays, but from Monday to Saturday you disappear because you're a submarine Christian. The Bible says no. The Bible says what? He poured out this promise. So He'll pour out the Holy Spirit upon you as if you pour out water over something or into something. He'll pour it, out, pour it out over you. It's not something I can give you. It's not something the church can give you. It's something that heaven has to pour out over you when you believe it and receive it. Amen. And I want to say this to you. You have to yearn and desire to be filled with the Spirit of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Because when the Holy Spirit fills you, the Bible says what? You'll start to see and hear things on people's lives you never saw before. When I was filled with the Spirit of God as a young believer, my worldly friends who I used to hang out with in the bars and pubs, which all of us were there when we were in the world, and I don't say everybody in the world is bad. I say that if you don't understand what the purpose and the function of the Holy Spirit is, you'll start to object it, like in the early church. They objected the things of the Spirit. So don't use the Holy Spirit to try and offend people or try and act religious. But the Bible says people should see and hear the Holy Spirit in your life. They should see a difference in you. That's why the Bible says what? That there's two ways in which the Holy Spirit will be known in a believer's life. So my question to you this morning as we lay a foundation for this, this series. Is your faith and Christian witness, is it seen and is it heard? Do people see and hear a difference in your life? Have people ever commented uh, on, your, on your witness and your worship of Jesus? I want to say this to you because from Peter's first sermon that he preaches and from his own life, the early church, and after they received the Holy Spirit, they saw and heard a difference in two ways. And the two ways that the Holy Spirit acts is many ways, but the two ways that Peter explains is the power of preaching is activated when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the power of prophetic praise is activated when it comes upon you. That's what they were seeing in here. So Peter has a boldness to preach because he's now filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. It'll activate the power to preach. Remember, not the fivefold ministry. Oh, preachings for Sundays for pastors. No, that is what we come together for the gathering of the saints. That's the fivefold ministry that's called out into the full time ministry. But every single believer is called to preach. Every single believer is called to stand up for their Christian witness in the marketplace. You are a preacher for Jesus Christ. But outside of the Holy Spirit, you will be a submarine Christian. Can you say amen? And I want to say a teaching this morning. I want to say this to you. Because the power of preaching, it's activated. And the second thing we'll look at next week is the power of prophetic praise. What gives you the ability without having to have cocaine and heroin shoved into your body, without having to have Captain Morgan shoved down your throat until the spirit of the world, the, 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 the alcohol spirit makes you bold. If you've ever been drunk before, like I have many times in my life, in my BC days, when I was drunk with, with alcohol, what happens is you become bold, amen, like a lion. You walk into a place, you're quite reserved, and suddenly after 17 Captain Morgans, 55 beers, and three shots of whatever it is you've been drinking, you look at a girl and you offer to marry her by the end of the evening, but you couldn't even say hello to her when you walked in the bar. Can you say amen? Or was it just me that was like that? I had many marriage proposals that I had to put, try and get out of the next day. But you said last night, yes, but it was Captain Morgan speaking. What is it? It speaks through us. It's like you start to, and you're, you start to slur. So when people hear tongues, they associate it with alcohol. They think these people must be drunk. And I say to you this morning, don't be ashamed of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Don't be ashamed of the name of Jesus. Because if you are, the Bible says, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. 
So you need the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen this morning? You need the Holy Spirit, amen, in your life in order to be bold, a bold witness for Christ. Because the world, especially in, the, in today's world with, the, with social media being in everybody's world every single day, 24-7, 365, more Christians have been bombarded with who Christ is not and the Antichrist and objecting to this and to that and people trying to prove their standpoint in life. And I'll show you this morning why you need the Holy Spirit. I'll show you this morning when the world comes against the church and against your Christian witness, if you haven't got the Holy Spirit in you, you will back off and you will back down. Now we're not there to fight with the world, we are there to be a witness for Christ. Amen. So Jesus doesn't need our defense. He can defend himself. He's quite able. He can make a donkey speak. He can put a coin in a fish's mouth. But he calls you and I to be a witness of what he has done and what he will still do through people's lives. But if people can't see and hear the Holy Spirit, you can't say you're filled with the Holy Spirit. They must see a difference. I mean, uh, you look at yourselves. I take myself. I mean, we used to go to nightclubs, you know, that head banging stuff. When you look at a girl and you go like this, but you can't hear. She stands about two foot away, but you say you you confess your love to her, but you can't even hear a word you're saying because you, you're going like this in the nightclubs. You're filled with the spirit of the world. Then you're able to do this. Everybody starts to lift their hands. The DJ comes on and he gets the music going. Then everybody's got the boldness to put their hands above their shoulders and everybody jumps according to what the DJ says they must do. Amen. But now you come to church and you're not filled with alcohol. But the worship starts and suddenly you have this unction to just put your hands up. Why? Because the Spirit of God empowers you to put your hands up without having alcohol. It's the activation of prophetic praise. And you people can't explain it. I was walking here this morning greeting a few people and the praise and worship started and I was interrupting some people because they had some moves going because we were doing the fire and you, they got the moves going this morning. Now white men can't jump and white men can't dance so I won't try this morning but I'll say to you this is that without the Holy Spirit you haven't got a boldness. You stand with your hands folded. Huh, what's that this church is about? Huh, look at this. Look at these people. Crazy people. I um, uh, wonder what these people are. Hands folded. You, you haven't got the freedom to lift your hands above your shoulder. Because the Bible says you'll see it and hear it. You'll, you'll see people lift their hands above their shoulders. You'll hear people pro, uh, pro, profess and proclaim Jesus is Lord. you hear people go, Jesus! And be free in that. The Bible says Jesus' name will be used two ways. It'll be... It'll be uh, 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 cursed or it'll be it'll be worshipped I've said this over and over again that when you watch a movie I've never seen a movie where a guy goes ah oh, Buddha ah oh, Muhammad they all go Jesus Christ why? because Jesus said so he said my name will be it'll be profaned or it'll be it'll be worshipped so you should celebrate you should go every time a movie ooh they, they, they blaspheme in the name of Jesus you shouldn't enjoy that you should go Amen because that is the true and living God. Because Jesus said my name. If they're not worshipping my name through the power of the Holy Spirit, they're going to curse my name. It's the name above all names. It's, the, it's greater than your name. It's greater than my name. It's greater than CRC's name. It's the name above all names. It's greater than sickness. It's greater than disease. It's greater than depression. Amen. It's greater than suicide. It's greater than debt. It's greater than doubt. It's a name. It's the name above all names. His name is Jesus. And He says, if you haven't got the Holy Spirit, you'll be ashamed of that name. But if you've got the power of the Holy Spirit, oh, you'll lift up your hands and you'll say, Jesus, and you'll be free in that name. Why? Because when the sun sets free, is free indeed. Come on. If you believe that this morning, 
Put your hands together and declare that name, Jesus. They'll see it. They'll hear it. Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, Jesus. Amen. He says it was the promise of the Father. That's why today we suffer with so much depression. We suffer today with so much suicidal tendencies in people. Why? Because we're living in a world that is, I mean, sometimes even when I find myself, Sharon, look at me and say, what are you smiling at? Then I'm watching some funny video on my phone. But I'm not saying a word, but I'm laughing at my phone. That's what happens. We get lost in this world of, 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 of social media. And again, I don't criticize it. I say, if you're, not a, if you're not careful, what happens is it's one-way communication. It's just somebody making some stuff and you enjoying the stuff or whatever it is. It's a funny thing and you, and you can laugh at that. But you're not, you're not expressing yourself. You're just watching in your mind. Then you scroll onto something else and there's somebody else debating something else or arguing about something else. Or somebody says, I don't believe that the Bible is this. And you end up watching five or ten minutes of somebody who's arguing the fact that Christ is a, is a fairy tale. But you're not replacing that with faith. You're not replacing that. And so little by little, your faith gets worn down little by little. And when you find yourself again, you're in this place of silence and you're in this place of isolation and it leads to depression. And you wonder why you are depressed. That's why it's so critical we come back to the church. That's why we haven't always got the opportunity in our workplaces to worship Jesus, to praise His name. That's why when you come to a service like this, it's a moment, it's a time when we can stand in the presence of God, we can lift up our hands and we can declare our faith to Christ again. We can prophetically worship Him. We can sing the words of those songs and we can speak it over our lives. We can declare the favor and the goodness of God. We can express our Christian faith. It must be seen. It must be heard. That's why you have to teach yourself in the week. Put on some praise music in your car. Put on some worship music in your car. Teach yourself when you're driving. Now tap your dashboard. Tap your steering wheel. Put your hands out the window on the freeway. And if the guy thinks you're mad, say, Hey, I'm free in Christ, man. Jump up and down. The people think, Is this brother on, on, on tick? No. I'm full of the Spirit of God. Teach yourself. Amen. Let the people at your work see and hear that you're a Christian. Not this judgmental, you bunch of, not that. Let them see and hear your faith. Let them see that you are a, a, a child of the light. I walk in the light as he's in the light. Amen. Are you here this morning? So who was Peter without the Holy Spirit? It's the same Peter who's now bold and preaching unashamedly. And at the end of his first sermon, 3,000 people get saved. What's the difference? The Bible says he's just, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He's in the upper room. He's, he was with Jesus' mother when the Holy Spirit was poured out. So don't think that the Holy Spirit is a, is a separate uh, compartment of your Christian faith. It's part of your Christian walk. But who was Peter without the Holy Spirit? Well, we know he was afraid. He was timid. He was ashamed of Jesus. He was, af- he was ashamed of being a witness for Jesus. Why? Because when a young girl said to him, aren't you one of the disciples of Christ? The Bible says he denied Christ three times. Now we can, do, we can debate that the Peter's reason for denying Christ, whichever way you want to hermeneutically uh, expound that. But I believe sometimes it's because it was, it was a, a lesson for us to realize what a Christian life is without the Holy Spirit. Because he, didn't, he, had, he had Christ with him who was filled with the Spirit of God. But the minute Jesus left him, like he was, he was, he was, he was powerless. He was afraid. He was ashamed. That's what religion does. 
religion gets you to come to a church service and they try to wind up the service the best they can and you feel they get the embers a little bit warm they can't get the thing red hot but it's a little bit warm and you feel sort of christianese when you sort of are there and you feel i'm okay but the minute you walk out the doors of the church you're ice cold again for six days but the bible says what the bible says yes this peter the same guy who denied christ three times before a young girl that's how afraid people are of christ a 12 year old girl questions him about his witness weren't you well i witnessed you walk with christ weren't you one of his disciples and the first thing he says i know the man he was ashamed of the name of christ like many people have i been silent at times yes i have I've been silent at times when I maybe should have spoken out. Never denied Christ, but I've been silent at times. But the good news is when you are silent at times, we have the Holy Spirit who's in us. What? To lead us and to say, hey, Aiden, you should have said something there because he's leading us. Sometimes you find yourself in a place where you think to yourself, why has this happened to my life? Because God's actually got you there for a season in order to speak to somebody else. It's not all about you in that place. Joseph was in a, in a prison. We know that Joseph was in a pit. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. But when he was in prison in a bad place, he, he interpreted dreams. I mean, he should have been offended. He should have been cross. He should have been, he should have been silent. But Joseph lived out his, 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 his faith in prison. And that, that faith, when he was in a bad place, impacted someone's life. That eventually when that person got set free and ended up in, a, in, in Pharaoh's palace and they couldn't interpret his dreams, he said, there was a young guy in prison who interpreted my dreams. Let's ask the guy to come out of prison. It's when you sometimes in your lowest moment when you're a witness for Christ, that a few months later or a year later, that place that you were a witness for Christ will work to your advantage. But we don't stay silent when we're in a bad place thinking God has turned His back on us. Can you say amen this morning? Because I will never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes you're in hospital for something. You have to go to hospital. Maybe they says, well, let's operate. Well, you Don't worry so much about the reason that you are there because God's going to heal you. Amen. But what about the nurse? What about the patient lying next to you? Are you a witness there? Are you willing to still be a Christian witness when things aren't going well with you? Are you willing to be the salt of the light despite your natural? Are you here this morning? I want to say to us, who was this Peter? He was afraid, he was timid, he was ashamed. But after he's filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says what? He becomes courageous, he becomes bold, he becomes unashamed. And he's filled with courage and he boldly and, and unashamedly declares Jesus in a public place. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. He'll give you the power to, to declare Jesus in a public place. You'll be able to stand in a public place. You'll be able to be a Christian witness in that place. And I believe that we need a generation that's filled with the Holy Spirit in order to preach Jesus to the world. I believe we need a, a young generation. We are, I'm not old, but I'm getting older. But I realize we're not going to be around forever. And there is a young generation that has to be taught to be filled with the Spirit of God. There is a young generation that has to stand and be a Christian witness despite the pressure you go through. But if you have not got the Holy Spirit, you'll react like Peter reacted. I do not know Jesus. I, I, I'm silent in places of pressure. But when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you'll get up and you'll stand up and you'll declare Christ. You'll preach Christ, amen, in a public place. That's why at one time Paul reminds Timothy, a young protege, he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Why? Because he's going through pressure in his ministry. Notice he says, for God has not given us a spirit, small s. So your spirit, your human spirit will be prone, what? To, to be like Adam. It'll defend itself. It'll justify itself. It's prone to fear, your human spirit. That's why you need the Holy Spirit, big s. 
to connect with your small human spirit. Because when your human spirit is connected with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says now that same spirit, the person who was afraid, now becomes a person full of power. You now become bold. You now become courageous. Can you say amen? So God has not given you that spirit of fear. When fear comes into your life, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. Amen. Because your human spirit will be, will be prone to fear. But the Bible said God doesn't give a spirit of fear. So if God hasn't given the spirit of fear, why are you afraid? Because you're in this world. But the Bible says that's when you have to lean upon the Holy Spirit. When you go into a business deal, when you go into an unknown season of your life, when you wake up every morning, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, strengthen me today. Give me words. Put words in my mouth. Help me today. Make me give me, discern. Let me discern this morning who you're sending me with. When I sit in a business meeting, when I go to do a, 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 a sales pitch, uh, uh, give me the spirit of discernment. Let me know who's in front of me. Tell me what to say. Tell me what to do. I want to be light. I want to be salt for you. Amen. I want to be bold for you. I've told you the story before when I was in business. I went to do a, a sales pitch. We worked for months to try and get this deal. And I got there and eventually I got to this. It was a political official. And I got into his office. His office was so big I could almost have a church service there. He was an important guy. Because that's what happens. The more important you get, the bigger your office gets. I don't know why, but it does. And this is a sign. So I don't know. If your office is small, ask God for a bigger office. Amen. It'll make you feel better. But I'm sitting in this guy's office and as I'm sitting like this and now I've got to put all my, my business acumen. I've worked months. Because if this guy says yes, I've got the whole government, all the, all the different departments. It's a big deal. And, and, and this door's open up. He has this door of opportunity. And as I sit there like this, I'm looking at the guy and the Holy Spirit says to me, pray for him. I'm going, time out. It's like not time now. That's Sunday. That's church. I was in church yesterday. I did my thing in church. And the Holy Spirit won't leave me. Spirit fed, spirit led. I will lead you into all truth. I will guide you into all truth. I'm sitting there and this unction won't leave me. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the referee. He's the giver of peace. My peace I leave with you. Christ isn't here. I will send you a helper, the Holy Spirit. I want to get into a business deal, but, but I, I'm restless. There's something, there's something, it's the Holy Spirit saying, uh, uh, uh. I want to get involved in a relationship. Uh, uh. It's the Holy Spirit. Other times the Holy Spirit will say, go, go, walk. Spirit fed, spirit led. He wants to lead you. He wants to tell you the next part of his plan. For he knows the plan. For my word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. He doesn't give us a spotlight. He gives us a, a lamp. Just enough for today. Give us today our daily bread. Not give us this week. Give us today. Because sufficient unto tomorrow has its own challenges. More no problem. It's got other challenges tomorrow. I've just got today. I've only got today. What have you got today? I've got today to make a difference. I've got today to be light. I've got today to impact someone's life. Where are your business transactions taking you? Where are your business deals? Where's your career taking you? Where do you have to go to for your company? That's not why you're not there for commission. You're there for the great commission. When you go and do business deals, who do you touch every day? Are you only after the commission check so you can get your bonus at the end of the year? Or are you after your great commission so you can get your eternal reward? Which one? Now, I don't say you should just spiritualize everything. I don't say it should all be flaky, flaky all the time. I'm saying to you, what is, where is the Holy Spirit leading you? Why did you end up there today? Why are you there today? Why are you at that specific office today? What's the reason? Because you've only got today. 
Who are you talking to on the other side of that desk? Who are you talking to on the other side of that telephone? Ask the Holy Spirit. What do you want me to say? Sometimes it's, he, he set up the deal not because of, the, of, the, of the, the deal. He set it up because of the person. And if you're not led by the Spirit of God, you're going to just chase the deal. Amen. And I don't say it's all about that. What I say, but we, as born-again Christians, we are sent into places like, like sheep. Uh, you're sent into places where there's wolves. And the Bible says God sends you there to be salt and to be light. So I'm sitting in this man's office and the Holy Spirit won't leave me. He says, pray for this man. And I say, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm going, and I'm trying to do my sales pitch in my, in my head. And I've got the phone and I'm explaining the cell phone contract. And in my brain, I'm going, this is going to cost me now. Because that's the first thing we think of what's going to cost me. That's why Jesus says, carry your, pick up your cross. Not, not a, a burdensome cross, but pick up your cross of witness. And so I think to myself, this is going to cost me this deal if I, if I, if I embarrass myself or embarrass this man because now I'm, my, my soul realm is reasoning, but my spirit says pray for him. And in the middle of my sales pitch, I take a 180 degree turn and I go, excuse me, sir, can I pray for you? But his head shoots up like this. And he goes, like this awkward silence. And I go, thanks, Holy Spirit, thanks. That was, yeah, we sit. I don't know what to say next. He said pray for you. So I go, can I pray for you? And he looks at me and goes, Aiden, in that political voice of his, I've got my church. And the Holy Spirit says, I didn't ask you to ask you what church he goes to. I asked you to pray for him. So I went, so um, I respect that, uh, that you've got your own church, but I just feel led to pray for you. So he looks at me and so he goes, he's resisting. He's resisting because that's what the world does. The world resists because they don't know. They don't understand, but they have to see and hear. And so he says to me, okay. So I think, okay, awkward moment. Normally, I, in my brain I had, I'm going to get up and give him the paper to sign the contract, walk away. If social media was around, I most likely would have put up a selfie, pouted, and done that in my thing, put my contract, done my little selfie thing. I see everybody does this. What is that thing, by the way, girls? What is that? I don't know. Because with these lips of mine... It's going to take up the whole picture. Amen. So I've got to be careful. I can't do those things. I do that. I don't do this. Still, uh, still makes no sense. Then there's 10 women in a row. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm still trying to figure it out. So I walk up to him. So I pray for him. Now I'm standing in the middle of this office. And everything in my head's going... This is nuts. Because that's what happens. There's this war. Our battle is not flesh and blood. God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So here I am. I'm a businessman. And the Holy Spirit's got me on a mission. So now, I think to myself, do I say, Ushers, I've got no help here. I've got no, nothing. No people with red shirts on. It's just me in this office so I walk up to him and I think to, and he was an elderly man he had grey hair so I think do I touch his head do I put him on his shoulder I'm not sure you know I'm, not, I'm awkward now because I'm just I'm being led so I stand so I say Father I come to you today in Jesus name bam the anointing because you don't need a band and a keyboardist and a song and a church service for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Luke 4.18. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. 
the anointing is 24 7 365 you don't switch the anointing on and off it's on you it's in you all you have to do is you have to be a witness so i pray i put my hands i say father i thank you right now in jesus name as you ask me to pray for him right now holy spirit i pray Whatever it is that he's going through, whatever he's facing, I just was led. I don't even know what to say because the Bible says when we don't know what to pray, when we don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will give you words to say. That's why I say do not be afraid. That's what home sales in the work spot of home sales. Teach yourself to lay hands on other people. You have to exercise yourself to spiritual maturity. So I pray for this man. Leave it. Sit down. Now I go, all right. Next part of the service. Uh, ushers receive the offering while we close it with an anointed item. I don't know what to say now. So I go, anyway, um, so I just carry on doing the deal. So I walk out, finish up. I go, I go that was like heavy, awkward, getting my car, thinking to myself, well, that's it. Thanks, Holy Spirit, you cost me that deal. Leave. Fast forward, long story short, about three weeks later, whatever it is, the news breaks and this man was busy with fraud in the government department. Went through a court case, long story short, lost his job, embarrassed almost went to prison and uh, the whole thing manifested and about three months later after this thing I was in my office one day and my staff came to me and said to me there's a man outside in a t-shirt he wants to talk to you so when I went outside here it was this man he was now embarrassed he'd now lost his position he was a civilian and he walked up to me and he, I went I said hey Mr. So-and-so how are you and he went hi Aiden I went Gee, you know, great what can I do for you he says I woke up this morning he says I don't know what to do he says my life's in a mess he says but I told my wife there was this young white guy who came to my office one day and he had the boldness to pray for me. And my wife said, go look for him. So he came to my office and I took him back to my office and I was in my office and we sat and we spoke for like an hour, two hours and I just preached Christ to him, purpose to him. Got up again in that office and I, and I led him to Jesus in that office. I say this to us this morning in closing is that sometimes we think this Christian walk is just for a Sunday. I come to church twice. I'm doing my thing, pastor. That's, that's the gathering of the saints. Thank you for being here today. But the church is not just an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. The church is 24-7, 365 when you are a witness for Christ. So you here this morning? My question to you today, my question to you today is, are you willing to be a witness for Christ? Are you willing to be that person that is able to stand up for Jesus? Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Mark 13, 10, and the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. Acts 8, verse 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Acts 14, 21, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and made disciples, they returned to Lystra, uh, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must go through many tribulations to enter the kingdom of God. I want to say to you today that if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you today to make that decision. I want to say to you today that God is not far from you. He's near to you today. The Bible says this in closing 1 Corinthians 1.21. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. The Bible says that as much as the world wants to look at science and look at every single thing, and I'm pro-technology, I'm pro the advancement of humanity, I'm for all those things. But the Bible says, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. The worldly wisdom, you can't find God in worldly wisdom. It says, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. So it pleased God through the foolishness of the message. When you preach the gospel, it'll be foolishness to the world. 
It'll seem foolish to them, but actual fact is the wisdom of God. Actual fact is what they need to hear. Actual fact, it's the, it's the remedy for their eternal destiny. I often say, I don't take pills, I do, but I say, I don't take pills, I take the gospel. It's medication to the unsaved. It's medication to the unlost. And God is calling you and I because the gift of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit activates preaching. It activates a public stance for your faith. It makes you able to be a witness where you can stand in a place and you can represent Christ. Time doesn't allow me this morning to tell you all the, all the stories I can tell you about in my business days. How I was at a year-end function once and I was in a, it was the part where all the ceremony was finished. It was now the party time. People were drinking, boozing. Uh, I was sitting there drinking my Diet Coke and not being religious, but just I was part of this whole worldly thing. And I started a conversation through the, the that music and I couldn't hardly hear them. And I started to witness to a young couple. And when I witnessed to them, they told me they were going through much pressure in their business. I then leant over, and I'll never forget, as I leant over and I was busy praying, a drunk guy came and he stumbled and he poured half his brandy down my back because he fell over the chair. Yeah, I was with a wet back trying to talk Christ to them. Eventually, I prayed for them in the middle of that nightclub. I say this to us not because I'm better. I say this to us because I couldn't do that outside of the Holy Spirit. When I was in the military unsaved, they asked me to speak to a group of troops. Some troops. I, had to speak. I was unsaved. There were six people there. And I chickened out. I couldn't speak to six people. Because I was afraid of what they'd think of me. That's what happens. Peter chickened out. Because you will you'll feel like you want to chicken out. Because that's the, that's the human nature. Adam, the Adam in us. It wants to back off and back away. But I want to say to you today. Be a witness for Christ. There is a lost and a dying world out there. We need your witness in the marketplace. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Amen. You receive that this morning. Come on, stand your feet with me all over this place. It says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, but it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jewish stumbling block and to the Greeks' foolishness. But to those who are called, you and I, both Jews and Greeks, every single person that believes, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.